Hello everyone. Well, it's the month of June now and guess where I am back? I'm in Dehradun and it's a very very humid evening here and uh, the lychee trees. Oh my god. I mean if you're here, it's it's a beautiful visual to look at. So I was walking down the road last uh, evening late in the evening and I heard this guy shouting out and I was wondering what's he doing amongst these trees and why is he shouting and I just got to know that they're just trying to uh, scare away all the bats from the leeches you know a few of you who are fond of leeches must have not been able to have them for a few years because of the uh, fright which was there and uh, the uh, the leeches being eat, uh, you know bitten or eaten by the bats but now they are in full bloom and the trees look amazing those little pink red colored lychees hanging from there but well coming back to my guest for the evening he's a very very interesting person and uh, i got to meet him finally we were having great chit chats on the phone and we were having a wonderful time talking with each other and he has immense immense knowledge about so many places so many people places he's visited people he's met but today we were in a conversation we were having uh, an evening together and uh, we struck a chord and we started talking and reminiscing about the old ancient times of our forefathers and our grandfathers where they were placed not in india at that time of course every it was all together known as india but then before the partition this is what i meant to say and i was talking to him about uh, my grandfather and when my father was very little and they shifted from there and they were all of course known as refugees at one point of time so it was something which i really wanted to hear about because there are so many uh uh you know so many tales which we see only in the movies now bollywood is full of it but hearing it from people themselves who've heard it from their uh fathers and forefathers now themselves the true true stories of uh, what india used to be like what uh was it like after the partition when they came here when they shifted here leaving everything behind the glory the um, the power the uh, industries their homes where they thought their entire generation after generation would be living so how they settled in into a new setting this is what i would uh, want him to share with us with with my listeners and it's going to be so interesting because um, this is something which is so so true also so over to dr sharath sindwani from dehradun i would also ask him to give a short brief introduction about himself so you guys know him much better now and here goes my hostess has been too kind to tell me as to who exactly i am but in any case and she wants me to talk about things which happened before i was born so because that was pakistan well i could say that i was born an englishman because i was born in you know in in gulam india hmm? all right so now what i was told Oh, well first of all i'm supposed to give you an introduction of myself well this is an introduction that i was born in pakistan which what is now pakistan then it was british india hmm? so and the place where i was born was the hospital named after me on that day because i belong to a industrial family in sargoda and we had 
man uh, all kinds of stories my father told me that you know how they they were destroyed at one time in quetta everything was lost and then they had to borrow 10 rupees from someone and then they bought some oil and some uh, caustic soda in a kadai and a kocha and they made some soap and then they made a soap industry bigger than hindustan levers and our oil import quota was 10 times that which was allotted to hindustan levers so we were industrial magnets through soap and what about the name of the uh, hospital you were born in i'm very intrigued what is it is it still there now now i don't know because i wouldn't like to go there either to find out but it was named after me <laughs> you know i was given the same name the hospital was given the same name as me right. so now what do they say So the industry, uh, which uh, the, you were talking about, the caustic soda and the oil. Yes, yes, yes. So my father had three other brothers, and uh, in Quetta, with the earthquake, everything was destroyed. So they started with a loan of ten rupees, and they made this soap in a kadai, as I just mentioned, and then they ended up becoming the soap uh, tycoons in Pakistan. And those days, there were of course lots of dobies. and dobies would buy a lot of soap and um, so we started off with a soap called kanchi marka which was very famous at that time so from there slowly soaps became uh, you know cosmetic and we had um, you know glycerin soap what what you have now like pears you know okay. so so that kind of a soap was made it was named after my it was named after my sister indubala so the soap was named indubala and that was a pears glycerin soap and then um my father whatever he could uh, you know uh, my father and his brothers had only one coat to wear so uh, because everything was destroyed so whenever anybody would have to go out they would borrow one the coat and so that they are safe from the winters so from that they rose to become these uh, you know industrial magnets now the credit goes to their imagination the entrepreneurial uh, abilities and um, they were doing pretty well we had our own horses there we had our own uh, cars and the, and the old fashioned cars and the victorias you know buggies as they call them no they they were called tumtums i guess huh? they were called tumtums so the horse would pull the cart and we we would sit inside the tumtum and there would be uh, bodyguards perhaps apart from the horseman with their turras on top hmm? so that that was the lifestyle there turras are supposed to be turbans uh, which were worn by uh, the indian uh, guardsmen at that's right yes and they have something coming out in the open from the top uh, it's just like a fan you could say like a japanese fan hmm? we have a lot of listeners uh, from abroad so i'm sure that is some something you can add to your vocabulary from the indian origin yeah so everything was going on very well we we had our own horses also and my once my brother was riding a horse and the train blew the whistle and the horse went crazy and he ran away with my brother 
and he didn't know where he, where he was. <laughs> so, well, these are the stories which I've heard before I was born. Huh? Now, when I got born, India got born. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know whether it was Mahatma Gandhi or it was me <laughs> who gave India independence. Hmm? So when we came from there, we had to rush from there, from Sargoda, we were settled in Sargoda. So we had our own um, trucks and our own uh, little defense force. You know, in those days, you used to have your own security forces. So our security force and our trucks came with our stuff loaded on there. Now when you are running around, when you are running away from a well-established place, you have to carry your money and gold. How would you carry the money and gold? Money, money was of course money, but gold was carried in big jars of uh, mango pickle and lemon pickle and so on. So there was so much of gold we had to bring with us so that we could re-establish ourselves. So now my, my parents were also in their 40s at the time and uh, they had to think about what is to be done with the children, where will they be educated. How many were you in total? Four brothers, three sisters. So now, and, and then my uncles and my tires and all of them came. So we had to... So you moved together from there? Yes, and the first thing that clicked, uh, that came to their mind was that Dedadun is an educational center. So we came here okay. and I was a boarder at, you know, in St. Joseph's Academy. Oh, in those days, uh, there were only two schools. In fact, uh, Dune School is younger to St. Joseph's. St. Joseph's is older. Hmm? Okay. And when somebody wouldn't get admission into St. Joseph's, he would go into the Dune School. Okay. <laughs> you know? So my brothers and myself, we were boarders in St. Joseph's. And uh, we used to observe what is going on with my father and uncles, how they are struggling in a way. Because from one consolidated base in Sargoda, we were now a scattered uh, industrial empire. Hmm? Transferring the registered office of the company from Pakistan to India was a big job. And the um, compensations we were given by the Indian government were big farms. And uh, since it was distributed so so far away, we had to go. Um, my my parents had to go uh, from one place to another. Now to dissolve the or to transfer the, the the public company my father had established in Pakistan to India, we had to. My father hired the services of a white man and gave him a power of attorney and asked him to go to Pakistan and to bring bring back, to sell off our assets in Pakistan and come back with the assets. But he was very kind, very, very kind. He sold everything and he took everything and went away to Britain. <laughs> hmm? Hmm? Oh my and, God. And we had nothing to see as to where he was. Hmm? Now, so we had to start again. Now, the, Since we had our properties in various places given to us by uh, rehabilitation, um, well, I believe, rehabilitation unit or whatever. Is that so? Because I don't know much about it. Mm -hmm. so. so we were given 500 acres in Chidarwala. And Chidarwala, it was such a beautiful place. It could have been, you know, a wildlife park, like 
um, shall I say, like you have Serengeti in Kenya or the others, you know. And there was so much of wildlife, we could sit in a farmhouse and see the blue bulls going around, the wild boars and the deer and rabbits and porcupines and what have you, sitting at home. And in fact, the chicken we would eat would come flying from the forest, come and, you know, so peck at the same uh, pot in which he was to be cooked. Hmm? <laughs> so <laughs> we used to see that. Now, those are the days. Now, the land we were allotted was all forest land. So my father had to have a bulldozer. So we had a caterpillar bulldozer. Then we had those tractors to plow the land. And now, and then being businessmen, they knew what, what sort of a place, what sort of things we should start with. And uh, whatever they were taught, they were taught that roti, kapra and makan is the basic. So first thing was roti. So the first thing they thought of was making the farmland. How to grow wheat and paddy and so on. And um, so all those who came displaced from our area, my father employed them as farmers. And these, these people who got employed, finally they became robbers also. And they overpowered us and they took over the land and they became famous dakus. You may have heard about Daku Mansing of some place somewhere, yes, but yes. but we also had a Mansing Daku in our farm. And um, uh, whosoever went to our farm later on, his taxi wouldn't come back and he wouldn't come back. That was the state of affairs. And so I spoke to Dr. Karan Singh at that time. And he was the tourism minister so I, uh, later on. That was, of course, not, not soon after my birth. It was when I was uh, of the age group where I could discuss things. So I offered him. I said, now, look, this is what we have to, this is the asset we have. Can we not make it into a Masai Mara or a Kaziranga or a um, Serengeti wildlife sanctuary? And we are willing to donate this thing to the government as long as you make me the manager of your park. <laughs> so, um, but in any case, then my father decided to send me off to Britain. And uh, I also told him, I said, I don't want to get educated in India. They have a bad tradition of ragging freshers and I don't like to be ragged. So when I landed up, so he asked me, what do you want to do? So I said, I want to go to Britain. So when I went to Britain, the very first thing I saw at my university at Bath in Somerset, there was a big banner. It said, Rag Week. So I got a high blood pressure and I, and I thought, what the hell is going to happen to me? Who's going to rag me? So when I went in there, the first thing was we had to go into a chapel and pray and thank God for giving us the opportunity to come to a seat of learning and then after the prayer we took an oath that we shall collect rags for the have-nots and that is how the rag week took its name because we were, we were the privileged people who had the opportunity to study in a good place of education and uh, so we took a place that we'll 
you know collect all these things and we went door to door you know collecting in a horse cart and every englishman i must say was very kind and they all said oh you are from the university we've got your suitcase ready and every family gave us a suitcase and the best part was none of them were the rags or second second hand clothes there were new clothes there were medicines there were toys and there were books and we brought all those to the university and then the oxfam took it to various places where the country that they required now i have a very sad s- story to tell that i was asked as to where would you like your your collections to go to and at that particular time we had some disaster in india i thought i'll bring it to dehradun i don't know whether it is good or bad to mention but i i'd like to speak my mind out i went to see the city magistrate to tell him that i've got i've come from britain and i've brought you some uh, things to be distributed to the have nots very hmm and um, he saw me but he had no time for me so i kept waiting for him till the time he got freed so then i expressed a bit of displeasure to him also that i have come all the way from britain to talk to you and you were having a laugh and talking to various people you know having your cup of tea this is not done in britain hmm? and the british have ruled us for so long i wonder what values they have left behind for our civil services so you know the magistrate looked rather annoyed as to who the hell i was and he is a bada saab and i am a chota saab and <laughs> you know so he showed his displeasure but i said look this is what i've got for you and i would like to give these clothes and things to all those people who have suffered in the earthquake and uh, to my horror whatever i gave him was sold in the tibetan market so all our collections in bath in england and flying them to india and giving them to various places and it was being sold at the tibetan market so that is one one sad thing well now i told now i must tell you something nice also i've been telling you all the morbid morbid stories while i was in britain you know we had to be being under age i wasn't allowed to stay in a independent place i had to stay with the family so i had a friendship family and i was um i had to go and i was doing a sandwich course at the university where half the time was spent at the industry and half the time at the college at the university i had to spend time at a place called hythe across southampton waters and uh, where the power station was being made so being a materials man i was going to see and see what's happening and i was the only colored person in the whole group and uh, this was a power station by the cegb the central electricity generating board and we had uh, had the chairman visiting us there also and i really admired him that he found that i was the only person who was different i was a colored huh so he held my hand and i sat next to him and he was the chairman of cegb 
and I was only an industrial trainee from the university. Hmm? So he made me feel so much at home that I was really flabbergasted that you know that this is one value that our people must learn because our parasabs they have no time for the for those who are insignificant like I was at that time. What's the full form of Central Electricity Generating Board? Hmm? So now that experience from Southampton. I used to watch all the big ships which would come in and go out like <coughs> SS United States and QE2 and I was rather impressed by those big steamship companies and I had to go across the uh, waters you know Southampton waters and on the way we would see uh, pompouses what do they call pompouses something pompouses pompouses sorry hmm? And they are the, uh, they are, um, you know, aquatic uh, or marine life like we have. Uh, what are those called? Those Jellyfish? No, 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 no. You have shows also. Dolphins? Dolphins, dolphins, yes. They, are, they, are, they belong to the same family as dolphins. So I was rather fascinated with them. And I would, every time I would take a trawler to go across the Southampton waters, how many people were interested in the birds and the animals and so on that gave me a lot of education which was beyond the university level so after finishing from there uh, I had to speak at an international club at Hythe and I was staying with this English family Mr. and Mrs. Powell they had a very old house with a staircase which would creak every time you would go up and down and they had a wooden dining table and uh, you know a very nice cozy place for the first time I got a chance to play um, croquet with them and then I learned that he was also in India at one time and he had served the British forces so he said that I would like you to give a talk at the international club of the area at height so when I went there they asked me all kinds of questions but don't be surprised I was asked even funnier questions when I had to give a talk in India <laughs> hmm? so they asked me whether I lived on a tree so I said yes my name is Tarzan and Jane is left behind hmm? so they asked me did I go to school on an elephant back I said yes Elephants are my best friends. Hmm? So, but don't be surprised because those days, I'm talking of the 60s. Hmm? And then when I came to India here, I was invited by the Rotary Club also to give a talk. There were doctors and there were all kinds of the elite of Dehradun, you know. And in those days, there were hardly any people who had gone abroad for education and they would come back and I was asked to give a talk. So, one of them, when I started off, I said, you are such elite, elitist people, so senior, and I'm only a student. Um, I hope you'll forgive me for whatever little things I talk about. But what, what is your impression about Britain? But I was surprised by the very first question that I was asked, and that also by the senior elite. The question was, we have heard that houses in Britain are made out of chocolate and the rivers have got milk flowing. 
so so you see my staying in the tree as tarzan and going on to school on elephant back and then this kind of an impression we had no uh, television those days of course the, the tvs were very few very few and black and whites you know pie pie tv and all were popular at that time so this kind of education you can see how far we have come now uh, with uh, holding a mobile in your hand and you can talk and you can you know convey lots of messages to the world but in any case that was an experience then came to the next thing what would i do in britain i just recently lost my father so i had to settle down what will i do here so i thought to myself it's an educational city so i went around the schools to see and children were coming from all over the world to study here and um, what could be a money earner and package tours were not even known of not even heard of at that time and i had some time um, with you know, with a package tour company i worked with them with american express also and frames tours from where i g- gathered some information so the very first thing i went did was i went to velum girls and <laughs> i met the principal there i went to velum boys was a junior school at that time it wasn't a senior school so the very first thing i did was i made package tours for them to visit thailand malaysia and singapore now that was a money spinner for me all right i made some money and with no investment so that 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 did display that there was some kind of uh, yes okay so this uh, these these uh, inside stories i think you shouldn't be telling them about it you know in the sense that uh, we we want people to uh, start uh, thinking about giving us the money without letting them know that we didn't invest nothing so we're going to think of some more things and if you want to stay tuned i want my subscribers to keep themselves subscribed because we're going to be talking about so many other interesting things do you want to know how he managed uh, to have so many package tours where all he went to because there's so many other interesting stories of his wherein he visited uh, many many countries there's one story which i would like to put in my next podcast is about his visit to russia so <laughs> i found that very very interesting and then also i would be following it up with another segment in which we would be talking about the era where uh, you know they settled here how they became business entrepreneurs and they started thinking about uh, investments so i'm sure all the business minded uh, people there would gain some acumen from his tales of his uh, fathers his uh, forefathers how they used to think and start working on new stuff i'm sure this has been a very very interesting uh, episode we will be following up with more segments but right now we are enjoying our evening so till the next segment stay tuned bye bye thank you dr sharad i'm going to speak with you again in the next segment sure 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 sure, sure. <laughs>